Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Let's Talk Community with TLC Caregivers. Brought to you by TLC Caregivers. Welcome to today's show, Let's Talk Community with TLC Caregivers. I'm Kenny Holt. And I'm Lou Donaldson. TLC Caregivers cares for people of all ages, wherever we're needed in Escambia or Santa Rosa counties in Northwest Florida. We provide dependable caregivers that provide needed care to children and adults, infants to geriatric, with and without disabilities, relief of family caregivers, all non-medical needs. We empower those we are providing care to with their abilities. TLC Caregivers serves all generations as needed. We are the area's oldest non-medical provider of services in the community, having been established in Pensacola in 1989. TLC Caregivers. We do more than you might think. Our topic today is preventing readmissions. And we have a couple of guests from the Council on Aging of West Florida. Josh Newby, who is the Marketing Communications Director at the Council on Aging. And he's also the Editor-in-Chief of Coming of Age Magazine and is the Executive Producer and the host of Coming of Age TV. And Karen Barbie, the Community Services Director at the Council on Aging of West Florida. Welcome, Josh and Karen. Thank you. Thank you. We were discussing um, before we started recording that um, readmissions, but we're specifically looking at hospital readmissions, which cost millions of dollars every year through the hospital system if you're on Medicare. And most of our vulnerable citizens, uh, many seniors, are at risk of not discharging well without additional assistance. And right. And they're back in the hospital and it costs more money. And and they may or may not go back home. Very true. And I think that's one of the most important things is we all want to live in our own living environment, wherever that might be. And there are financial reasons to prevent hospitalization for everybody involved, as well as readmission. And today we thought that it would be great to involve the Council on Aging with their nutrition programs as Meals on Wheels play such a vital role in remaining at home as well as other means of meals, which I'm referring to the congregate meals that the Council on Aging has in both Santa Rosa and Escambia counties. And just those programs we thought would be a perfect fit to talk about with this topic because nutrition is such a vital role in returning home from the hospital, as well as getting better and preventing that readmission. Well, now let's back it up a second. I'd like Karen to talk some about some of the opportunities for food through the Council on Aging, because we throw around those terms, congregate meal sites. Someone listening may not have experience with the congregate meal sites. Sure. Our uh, two predominant nutrition programs that are at Council on Aging are the senior dining sites, or as we refer to them, the congregate meal sites also. Um, we have 18 locations throughout Santa Rosa and Escambia counties where seniors can go to have a lunch with other seniors. And we also have Meals on Wheels for those who can't get out of their homes, can't go to a location where we serve food like that. We sort of have those two programs to serve seniors in our area. Anything you want me to touch on specifically? Well, one of the things Although those programs are designed for persons 60 years of age and older, if they have a caregiver, 
that caregiver can attend with them as well, right? Sure. We do have a few exceptions to the 60 or 60 years old rule, um, which we could explore with anyone who would like to call and let us know what's going on. And then there are persons with disabilities that can attend as well, mm-hmm. regardless of their age. That's one of the exceptions that yep, you can a case make. by case basis. Um, and then we also have a spouse, for example, if we have one person who comes in who's over 60, but they have a spouse that comes with them that's under 60, that's an option. So there are a few exceptions to the 60 and over rule. And then I know for the funded programs, the Meals on Wheels, those are all 60 years of age and older for you. There are private pay options Mm -hmm. and some other avenues that people might be able to explore with you. Well, eligibility is assessed through the elder helpline. So um, I can't attest to the specific guidelines with that, um, but we can refer folks to that, the, the people who do manage the wait list and the assessment process. So if you wanted information, you would have to call the Elder Helpline. Elder Helpline mm-hmm. at 494-7101. Yes, to get assessed. Um, eligibility is based on, um, you know, other seniors in the area too, because we have an extensive wait list um, for Meals on Wheels that it's given to those who are the most needy, um, you know, depending on their situation. Um, so that's why I can't say specifically what the eligibility requirements are, whereas the senior dining sites, they are much more open at 60 and over. And, um, you know, other than that, it's not as stringent. Unless somebody was able to privately pay and then that's through the Council on yes. Aging yourself. Mm-hmm. Correct. And give your number. <laughs> we, 432-1475. Sorry, I had the elder helpline in my head. I thought I was going right. to be asked It was a that. trick question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always give my direct line when I talk to people so that they can skip the front desk. <laughs> um, and of course, I know some people have, may have problems with transportation, getting to those meal sites if they're able to go to a meal site. And I know that the Council on Aging has a very limited amount of vans at some of those sites. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to go into talking about that or if just tell them to call. Yeah, just to call discuss. and discuss with us. Um, you know, our availability with the vans is based on which location and, um, you know, some some have access and some don't just because we have a full van in one area and not in the other. So, And then, of course, along with our topic, preventing readmissions, we at TLC believe that our services assist persons returning home and in remaining in their own living environment, improving their quality of life, just like Meals on Wheels does. And one of the things that we can do if someone is able to pay for it or we can find a funding source for it is transportation. So we also have that avenue that would assist with that. And I wanted to to bring that out and have that discussion. Um, just that whole nutrition, returning home, I think is so vital. Locally, I know John Clark, the executive director, CEO of the Council on Aging, has recently said Meals on Wheels delivers almost 130,000 meals a year to nearly 500 senior citizens, as well as there's about 500 people on the waiting list at any given time. And that's those numbers just are amazing. Why is there a wait list? <clears throat> Funding. Yeah, Funding. I mean, th- this is an extremely uh, important service, but it's also an extremely efficient service. Uh, most of the drivers are volunteers that give of their own time because they understand the value of having these seniors stay in their home, living with independence and dignity. Um, it's almost eight times more expensive for them to to shift full-time care to either a hospital or a nursing home. 
Uh, so living in their own home, surrounded by their friends, surrounded by their family is ideal. Uh, and, and because of that, the funding is, is extremely crucial to, to that mission. And like Karen said, it, it really is, it, it all comes down to money. And, uh, the elder helpline, uh, is aware of that, the area agency on aging, and that's why they handle the assessment. Um, clients are rated on a scale of one to five, depending on the severity of their situation. Uh, and very often it's only the individuals who have the most, um, severe living situations who will, who will be served. And that highest ranking is most at risk of nursing home placement. Exactly. To help prevent that, like you said, to delay that expenditure, that cost. And who of us does not want to stay in our own living environment? I mean, that's where we're the happiest. Absolutely. So not only is there a financial attribute, both personally and for corporations and businesses and whoever's funding Mm -hmm. the person remaining at home or in a facility, we're all happier Yeah, to stay in our home. Definitely. And... Just, I don't know where to go to with nutrition because it's so, so important. I mean, nutrition is, it's the, it's the building blocks of your mm-hmm. life. If you're eating, you know, fast food every day, your health outcomes are not going to be ideal. Um, and particularly for our, our vulnerable and our homebound aging adults, um, they really need that, that healthy food to, to support their immune systems, to be able to, to ward off illness. Um, there's, there's correlations, uh, between, um, food, healthy food intake, and mitigation of Alzheimer's and dementia. So it really is the most foundational level of ensuring someone's health and prosperity. And if we can't give them access to nutritional food, whether through the senior dining sites, whether through Meals on Wheels, through whatever program, then their health outcomes are going to be not only detrimental to themselves, but also to society. Because then what happens when someone isn't eating right and, and they get sick and they need to go into a hospital? Well, society bands together and funds that as it should, but it's much more efficient. It's much more cost effective. Uh, and it's much better for the senior if we can, if we can tackle that problem at the source, which is their, their nutrition. Well, one of, <clears throat> excuse me, one of my concerns is <clears throat> there is a limit to what, um, John Q. Public can provide. Mm-hmm. And we have to choose where we're spending our money. We're either reacting to the readmissions through the Medicare system, um, forcing the rates up higher, forcing those of us who aren't on Medicare to pay more at the hospital and the doctor's office, <clears throat> or we're going to get in front of the problem, I guess is probably the best um, visual I can give, get in front of the problem and provide nutritious meals Um I have to say one of my favorite things is um, the interaction between our employees and our clients. The Meals on Wheels drivers are absolutely amazing when they pop in. They're not there any length of time, but they're polite. They always know the latest scoop on the client. Um, they have a great deal to share, and that prevents another terrible thing and that's not to mention the impact of that conversation on the person that's receiving that meal right they're and not, that bit of human that's that correct. human interaction Most i mean definitely. that five minutes can make a world of difference i had one delivery i did a couple of weeks ago where um i when i arrived i was asked to open a jar <laughs> and you just might be that one person that that senior sees all day long who can open that jar for them and it wasn't even i mean 
I'm not the strongest person, but, you know, it was one of those push button jars on a Mm -hmm. medical thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just attests to that daily interaction um, or weekly interaction, depending on the meals that are delivered, um, that you could be that one person who touches that is there for that touch each day. And that's just as important as well at the congregate meal sites, because you've kind of touched on that, that they get that time with other attendees, regardless of their age. They can do activities, they can have conversation, and I think that's so valuable. And very similarly, like Lou, you were talking about our workers Mm -hmm. being in the home. If the meal comes, they can help them prepare that meal, or if they've got food in the refrigerator, we can help them prepare that food. So there's another resource for someone with in regard to their nutrition. Or we can we can extend um, the services out. The Meals on Wheels driver is there on Tuesdays. Maybe they don't need a caregiver that particular day because someone else is popping in. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of short companion or homemaker shifts through the Council on Aging. And that's a great way, um, a companion shift. It doesn't take necessarily two hours for someone to make sure everything is going on. The driver could report if there's a problem, they know it immediately. And and then you're, I don't know, it's another day that the person has someone in their life. So I think it's great. I I, I think it's terrible that people are at home right now without someone to pop in on them. Anybody that knows me, I absolutely believe a phrase that I use and have used for even when I was active duty Navy. Those of you know, I used to work for the Council on Aging of West Florida myself, um, one of the long-term care programs here. And that statement is, to the world you might be but one, but to one you might mean the world. And that sounds kind of cheesy, but just like your example, Karen, that you were talking about, to that person that you helped with the jar that day, you were the world of difference because otherwise she wouldn't have been able to access whatever it was that she was trying to get into. And I think that our Meals on Wheels drivers, the Council on Aging with meal provisions and at the congregate meal sites and our TLC caregivers, employees interacting, those do make a world of difference to the individuals uh, one at a time. So we know that funding's an issue. Josh, where exactly does, this is a setup, you know this, we talked uh, about course. this earlier. Yes, I'm ready um, for it. Where is the funding threat right now? Where, where's the biggest issue with funding? So right now, uh, Meals on Wheels, and particularly the funding for Meals on Wheels, has gotten a big spotlight uh, due to uh, the president sent what's called a, a skinny budget or a budget blueprint to Congress, which proposes nothing is final and won't be final until September or October of this year. But it proposes eliminating both the Community Services Block Grant Program and the Community Development Block Grant Program. And when you when you see these uh, see these block grant programs as line items on a sheet or as a percentage of funding, it doesn't it doesn't strike you as hugely important to the program, frankly. But once you get into the weeds, you realize how truly vital it is. And I'll run through a little bit of how it works. So the community development block grant program is given uh, to, to the states and then to the city and the county locally. The city and the county um, then gives $70,000 is what we receive, then gives that $70,000 to the Council on Aging uh, Meals on Wheels program or nutrition programs. The federal government then, through the Older Americans Act, matches that amount 
10 times. So you received 70,000 through the block grant program. And then because that amount was given, the federal government comes in and gives 10 times that amount, which is $700,000. So if you see a program uh, that is, you know, only receiving, I say only, only receiving $70,000, uh, which is, I believe, about 10% of the of the Meals on Wheels budget at Council on Age, you might see uh, 10%, you know, it's not great uh, that that's being cut, but it's not a nightmare either, right? You can work within that 10%, but then you realize that it's actually the match that is a far more uh, a weighty proposition. That's the moneymaker. That's the, the moneymaker, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we have programs uh, and, and local grants who will match either the block grant or match the federal funding. So you have all these different grants and all these different federal funding sources and private funding sources tied to this one seemingly insignificant block grant. So when we, you know, we say that we, we help 130,000 or or we deliver 130,000 meals a year to nearly 500 seniors and we have 500 seniors in waiting on, on waiting lists. To me, that says this program needs more help. It needs more funding that whether it's a 3% cut or a 10% cut or a 43% cut, which is what we worst case scenario is what we estimate is about 43%. Um, it doesn't need to go that way, right? It doesn't need to be a, a deficit or a cut. It needs to be an increase. And again, this is all still in the early stages. Uh, the president generally sends a budget to Congress. Budgets, of course, have to originate in the House, go through the Senate, then then get signed. And we are in contact with our local representatives, both on the state level and on the federal level. And all of them are sympathetic to our needs. All of them understand that, look, you either fund it, you either fund a couple dollars a day now, or you fund several hundred dollars or several thousand dollars a day later when these individuals are, are in hospital or are, are in nursing homes. And of course, on a national level, that's into the billions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talk about entitlement spending and obviously Medicaid and Medicare spending. Um, if you want to solve that problem, if you want to solve what's called the Medicaid crisis, the way to do that is to mitigate the problem early on, like we were talking about earlier. And one of the ways that that... Um, is is made possible is through the through the block grant program. And then of course you all have other funding streams. We do. We we have we we hold fundraisers throughout the year. We have a lot of private funding. Uh, we've actually received a fair amount of uh, private donations specifically for Meals on Wheels since this announcement was made. So already you're seeing the community sort of, you know, speak with with their wallets saying no this program is important. We want to fund this program. We understand its efficacy. Uh, and we've had people come forward and want to volunteer. We've had people come forward and donate. Um, but is it enough and is it sustainable? And that's an honest conversation that I imagine a lot of, of um, nonprofits are, are having right now, that the community might come forward and fund us for you know a little while, for several years, or maybe forever, but we don't know. And I think it's important to have that that fallback. And that unknown is where it's hard to plan exactly. for, a, for a set period. And exactly. what a good idea, though, for someone who wanted to donate locally mm-hmm. <clears throat> is to go online. Yes, you can go online to C-O-A-W-F-L-A dot org. Again, that's C-O-A-W-F-L-A dot org. Um, and, you know, when you, when you pay your taxes uh, and that money comes back in the form of Medicaid or, or Medicare or block grant programs or whatever, um, 
you can't really speak to where your taxes are going, right? You can't really speak to how that money is spent, at least not directly. But if you believe in Meals on Wheels, you believe in in congregate meal sites or Council on Aging, you can give directly to those programs and they will go directly to helping seniors in need. So I would say, you know, don't wait for the government to to solve the problem. Don't wait for the government to to save your mom or your dad or your sibling or your or your grandparent. Uh, if you believe strongly about this program, then the most important way to help is either to volunteer or to to give financially. And I think it's very important that we point out that a donation made directly to the Council on Aging, they can designate it for meals mm-hmm. or the adult day program or the congregate meal site activities, whatever they wanted to designate, and that stays in our local community. That's not something that you all give part of it to Timbuktu or right, some national where, organization. Right. It's, it's recirculated right back here into the community to the people who need it most. As well as if someone did not want to donate and they're concerned about a loved one and that person is not receiving them, they can privately pay, and it's very affordable mm-hmm. for somebody to ensure that those people receive those meals. That's right. We actually, uh, Karen and I, just started a partnership with Primal Pre-Made, which is a, a local, um, very healthy source of, of delivered meals. Um, and they they have given Council on Aging a, a great deal, um, a discount um, of 10%, I believe it is, which works out to about, uh, 765 or 785 a meal. And these are meals that you can, you can choose what you want to eat. They're, they're delicious. I've had them. Uh, they're very nutritious. And so if it turns out that you do want to private pay for these, um, you can, you can go to primalpremade.com, uh, and, and click on the, the senior citizens tab there, um, and then enter a code which I can't remember what the code is now. Can you, I cannot. COA meals. COA meals. There it is. Enter code COA meals and that'll give you 10% off. And that's only one of the private pay options. They have others um, through your Meals on Wheels routes, right? Yes, we do offer um, our own private pay system. That is the Meals on Wheels meals. Um, you know, and the other way that that could be helpful is that um, the Meals on Wheels federally funded version where you have to go through the assessment and process and everything that can take a while. Um, you know, it might not be as quick as helping someone who's just been um, discharged from the hospital who might need meals for a couple of weeks or right, something right. like that to get them off <laughs> off back on their feet. Um, however, uh, you know, you might that might be a good option at that time. So the Meals on Wheels that you have to go through the assessment process is a much more long term solution, typically, which is why it takes longer to get on. Um, but those meals are seven fifty per meal. Um, and they have, you know, boxes of five or seven and we do have hot meals in a very limited delivery area. So those addresses are approved, um, on a case by case basis, depending on our deliverability of them. Um, but certainly call council on aging if you would like to learn more. Um, we'd be happy to answer your questions. So if you want to be assessed for meals, you would call the elder helpline at 494-7101. But if you want to know what's available, you would contact Karen Barbie at (laughs) council on aging. Yeah, I could give you my direct line like I tried to earlier. <laughs> it's 432. <laughs> oh, well, my direct line is 266-2514 if you'd there like to skip the front desk. Um, but yes, we do have the frozen meals option, um, you know, once a week delivery, um, 750 a meal. Um, and Primal Premade, we just partnered with them as another option. If people are wanting, you know, a different type of meal, um, another option is always great to have on the table. And let's talk about those frozen meals. They meet 
the requirements of the national government. Mm-hmm. And that was a national trend many years ago, going away from hot meals every day to the frozen meals once a week. Um, but they meet all needs, and it salvaged a lot of the programs, like Josh was talking about, funding was an issue. And volunteers deliver this, so it reduced costs by delivering the frozen meals. Is there anything else that you want to include on that? Well, they are one-third of the recommended daily allowance. So, um, you know, you're talking about how often, um, you know, when seniors go home, I have a great quote here, actually, from uh, the CEO of Meals on Wheels America. She wrote a letter, and she said, um, all too often, seniors are discharged from the hospital. They return home alone to food which has perished or is stale, if not to an empty refrigerator altogether. Having no ability to shop, prepare, or access food, they often face further health decline and end up back in the hospital. Returning home from a hospital stay is when these vulnerable individuals need help the most. And Meals on Wheels, given the resources to provide services, is the intervention that can assist them most expeditiously and cost-effectively. So that sort of ties back to our main theme of this conversation is, uh, you know, simply that those meals could be that, um, you know, bridge to getting back to good health when you return home to an empty fridge or uh, an inability to provide for yourself. That could be a good gap coverage. And the frozen meals, the primal meals, those are only two of your options for private pay. You still have a contract with another company in town that delivered the, um, no? I don't think so. Not that I know. <laughs> okay, so that's their their options. And uh, you were talking about returning home, the refrigerator. TLC Caregivers has a program, Return Home with TLC. Return Home with TLC Caregivers, right. yeah. We've... um. Actually, have always done that, but recently, because these readmits have become such a a big problem, we we put a name to it. It is Return Home with TLC Caregivers, and the caregiver can escort the client home, uh, be there when they get home, housekeeping, uh, clean out the refrigerator if they've had an extended stay, uh, prepare meals, laundry, those kinds of things that would could quite possibly prevent readmission by having someone there and um, taking care of things that need to be taken care of. There are some housekeeping services, I think, that are enormous uh, in preventing readmits, making sure the home environment is clean and and sanitary. And that's so vital. It Uh, is. Like the person you quoted saying, someone returning home without that support system is going to turn right back around and be there. We take all this for granted. This is not a socioeconomic issue. It is not any kind of demographic where you live in town, where you don't live, um, or you're in a rural community. It is based on the ability of the person that's found themselves at home and sometimes at home by themselves. And I think it's important as well, although we're talking to the Council on Aging of West Florida, who serves seniors primarily, And we as well have a large portion of our clients that are seniors, undefined age. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people younger than 60 that need the same safety nets, care. And that's where we're talking about the private pay programs with you. There's no age on a private pay program. So if somebody themselves or somebody on their behalf can do that, and the same thing for TLC Caregiver services like the return home with TLC. Well, let's go ahead and go there because this is one of my, um, I don't know, this is something that, that just fascinates me. 
Self-neglect is neglect. You can report self-neglect to Adult Protective Services in the state of Florida by calling 1-800-96-ABUSE, which lays it right out in front of you that self-neglect is abusive. If someone's unable to care for themselves, uh, whether it's meals, um, housekeeping, whatever, and it leads to health issues, it now is a community issue. It's a community health issue, and that person is going to be bouncing back and forth between the hospital. We've already established all of us want to remain in our homes <laughs> or in the environment of our choice, and um, it's terribly uh, damaging uh, for the client who's you know looks around at the house and can't get to the food that they have in the freezer or they don't have a way of preparing it or they don't know what to do with it. So um, as important as nutrition is, we can't just put food out and, and expect it to, to fix the problem. It has to be a big group effort. If everybody wants to get rid of readmissions, um, we need to get organized and start dealing with some of the problems. And I do believe, like Josh, that uh, nutrition is a fundamental um I don't know, building block for keeping people out of the hospital. <clears throat> it is the probably many of us don't think about it. We get used to eating junk food or whatever. And then we end up in the hospital. Wow. Where do we go? What do we do? <laughs> well, I, th I think we all pull together. Um, <laughs> I know that uh, Josh, uh, you've addressed this on coming of age. What's you, that? Well, some of the issues with aging and being at home and being isolated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isolation is, it is a big problem. I mean, everything from like you were saying, self-neglect, um, obviously not, not being able to, to care for yourself, to clean yourself. Um, but even individuals who can do those things, um, they may be susceptible to slips and falls, right. uh, things that we, Take for granted, like, you know, getting up from the couch and walking to the fridge or, you know, to, to get a glass of water or something like that. I was uh, talking to a uh, Meals on Wheels recipient a few weeks ago uh, who said that, you know, it is a struggle to get up from the couch and go to the fridge and get a glass of water. And when a driver, a Meals on Wheels driver comes to her home, uh, she'll ask them, you know, can you get me a glass of water? Uh, a lot of senior companions, uh, our senior companion program, they do this as well. The senior companions will say, you know, it's easier if I just get up, if I get them that glass of water, you know, if, if I make them that sandwich, it may take them an hour, literally an hour to do something like that. Getting up from the couch can be very disorienting. They could slip and fall. There's right. a lot of different things they have to navigate. So to have someone in the home, whether it's for half a day, whether it's for an hour, whether it's just for five minutes, can solve a lot of those problems that lead to uh, more destructive uh, outcomes. And when you talk about healthcare costs in you know in this country and trying to mitigate that, I think uh, healthcare is eighteen percent of our GDP, which is is huge, and that it's is huge, and it's only growing. Oh, yeah. And if you want to decrease those costs, obviously there's a lot of things you can do that, you know, politicians will debate about from here to eternity. Um, but something that we can do in, in our community is help those that we know, help your neighbor, help your, help your parent, mm -hmm. help your grandparent, help your grandparent's friend. 
um, because not all of the solutions are going to come from Washington. Not all the solutions are going to come from Tallahassee. And making that small time commitment of five minutes a day or driving them to the doctor or, you know, helping them make a couple of meals or helping them clean their home can go a long way to reducing a lot of the problems we have. All the federal government is ever going to give us is an opportunity. Right. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be up to the community to um, do something with it. And of course, we all know somebody who is caregiving for someone who needs that or someone who doesn't have a caregiver and needs that form of assistance. And I think that's very vital what you've said, John, helping those caregivers, giving those caregivers a break, stepping in and helping your neighbor who doesn't have anybody that helps you do that. Um, just something as simple as going to the grocery store or putting it, the food away in the freezer, the refrigerator, those everyday needs mm -hmm. that, that we all have and that someone would need assistance with. And a lot of times people won't ask for help. Um, it's a known fact that caregivers will give of themselves until they have no more to give. And then it leaves the person that they're caring for without a caregiver. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways that we can get involved, um, individually, personally, financially. You all take volunteers on the Meals on Wheels and at the congregate meal sites. And, um, you were going to say, Karen. Yeah. I just have another example that piggybacks on, uh, what, Josh was talking about with helping people prevent falls and being that person who can check in on someone. I'm mm -hmm. um, just giving a, an example of a way that we have done that via a volunteer. Um, sometimes we have volunteers who will report, you know, um, a need for a specific senior and we'll be able to get a group together. We'll have a business call us and say, we really would like to do a project um, and we'll pair them up with that senior. In one instance, for example, you know, we had a, a, volunteer who was out at a house and saw that the senior really needed, um, you know, a ramp or in another case, it was just a railing to help them get in and out of their house. And they were able to identify that that was a need. And then our volunteer department is able to make a list of those and we'll get, you know, local businesses that'll call us and say, hey, we want to do a team building, not just team build, but physically build something for this person. Um, you know, it all depends on what the they're wanting to do and what we have, but you know, it's not just money or delivering meals on wheels, but we have a lot of other ways that um, you can help seniors through the council on aging in, in our community. It's off the table. Everything's possible if it helps somebody. You talk about your volunteer department. I know there's always concerns about people. I mean, we have national laws on privacy practices and information. Your volunteers are vetted. They go through a training program. They go through the background screening. So you're sending someone who's safe. Yes, that, that's absolutely absolutely right. The volunteers have to pass a, a level two background screening. They get a full orientation and training um, geared toward whatever it is they'll be doing, whether it's you know a Meals on Wheels driver or maybe a, a respite caregiver or transporting someone who has no one else to transport them. Definitely, definitely. And so you know you can trust that these. The reason these people are volunteering is because they care passionately about this cause. They understand the vulnerability of our, of the elderly in our community and they, they want to help. And so going through Council on Aging ensures that they are safe, that they are competent, um, and that they will deliver the, the very best care. And I know that I've spoken to a, a lot of volunteers who work in 
our clients' homes, whether it, you know, it's a, it's a senior companion or a respite giver, the clients will, will say that, you know, Mrs. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so is, is like my family. They, they create that strong bond, uh, that honestly lasts a lifetime. I mean, I've had individuals say, you know, I don't know what I would do without so-and-so. I've made a lifelong friend. You know, I thought I was too old to, to make friends anymore or have these kinds of connections. But just speaking on, on the senior companion and, and respite caregivers, they provide help to the client, but the client also provides some sort of, you know, help and support to them, whether it's emotional, whether it's oh, conversational, sure. yes. reminiscing about the good old days. And then like you were saying, Kenny, gives much needed respite to uh, the primary caregiver. And you're right. A, a lot of these primary caregivers, they they don't want to admit that they need help. They feel a sense of shame in that. You know, I, I should. I should. And they shouldn't. Ex- exactly. But they do. Exactly. They they say to themselves, I should I should want to care for my for my dad twenty four seven. Well, of course you want to care for your dad twenty four seven, but you also have to care for yourself. And there's no shame in that. And also whatsoever. have your own financial responsibilities. And a lot of times caregivers have to work a job in addition to caring for their loved one. And that's very demanding physically and mentally and financially. Definitely. So we have another hour devoted to this conversation on readmissions. And we've got some other people who are going to join us. Um, but I do think it was very, very important to first address the nutrition, <clears throat> excuse me, in the role of readmissions in reducing readmissions for people on Medicare. Of course, it should work for all of us. None of us want to go back to the hospital. Right. But, um, so let's let's review this. We've got Meals on Wheels through the Council on Aging. And Karen, you have all the contact information. Yes. <laughs> so let's review what we have. <laughs> I know right. What I would forgot. you like? <laughs> I couldn't think of the elder helpline. <laughs> so I'm just looking at you. Um, <laughs> so so let's start at the top. You have Meals on Wheels, Congregate Meal Site. Mm-hmm. And you can always just call Council on Aging to learn about any more of this. We're happy to answer any questions. Um, you know, if you couldn't remember anything specific that you needed, just give us a call, 432-1475, um, if you'd like more information. Is it on the website? Is yes. Information? yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is information on the website. And then we've talked about TLC caregivers, both funded we and... We always talk about TLC. Right. That's right. Right. I mean, that's part of our purpose. That's correct. <laughs> We are non-medical providers, and I think one of the great things about TLC caregivers is that it's not all about, yes, we're in the business to make money, but it's not all about us making money. I am impressed with the ownership of TLC caregivers, connecting people in the community to nonprofit agencies, resources, services, and not just letting the conversation end with this is our cost. And I just, I love that. Many of our, you know, the, of our 130 employees, <laughs> you know, they're all earning money in Pensacola. TLC pays them, obviously. And they're spending that money in the community. It is, um, it's more than just a, a good idea and a lot of help to seniors. It's um, a very big part of the local economy. When people work and pay their taxes and spend their money with um, local businesses. And I did want to touch on as well, we have such a long standing relationship with the Council on Aging. Um, John Clark and I were discussing this recently. We go back to um, 
the mid nineties. Wow. Yeah. And it's seeing as how early nineties, I guess. So, um, seeing as how we've been in business since 89, um, uh, the council on aging has been around a lot longer than since we 1973. <laughs> right. And John Clark's been there the majority of that. Yep. <laughs> Almost all of it. John would have had a rotary dial phone. When he started there, you ever think that's wow. funny? Yeah, he probably had an afro and yeah, bell-bottom yeah. jeans. I hope so. <laughs> well, we still have a typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there we go. That's what I miss. Um, but anyway, the Council on Aging is one of the best things that are coming, the benefits. For it's truly seniors. a treasure for Northwest Florida. It is. Escambia and Santa Rosa counties. Um, Our seniors benefit from the from the services, Meals on Wheels. And all services that the Council on Aging provide. And our topic today, preventing readmission, I mean, we're only talking about nutrition today and just barely touching the surface on that topic, plus the other services that the Council on Aging provides, the adult daycare, the senior companion program. Um, we talk about non-ages, the foster grandparent program who assists children, and just on and on with your case management and just the true network that the Council on Aging and the services that are provided and help people remain in their home and give them meaningful involvement is just incredible. So, And Josh, you'll be keeping us up to date on the block grant. Yes, I will. We are, uh, uh, Mr. Clark and I are in uh, almost weekly conversation with our, both our state and our federal uh, representatives. Uh, we've had a lot of them out to tour our facilities. We've had mm -hmm. private meetings with them and expressed the uh, the importance of that. Uh, and, and I had just found this figure that I wanted to share. Uh, the average cost of uh, a one-month stay in a, in a hospital, uh, which often, you know, Medicaid or Medicare will pay for, uh, is equivalent to providing home-delivered meals five days a week for approximately seven years. So if you, wow. if you do, wow. if you do believe what, like I do, like we all do, that nutrition is really where it all begins, uh, then I, I think you have to believe in, in the Meals on Wheels program and in the senior dining site program. Absolutely. And you need to reach out to your elected officials. Yes, absolutely. Please call, call whoever your representative is, uh, at the state uh, level or at the federal level. Even city and county, your council, your council person or your, your commissioner, uh, because we receive the, the funding from them as well. Let them know, um, if you have personally benefited, if someone you know has personally benefited, uh, or, or if you don't know anyone who has personally benefited, if you understand the, the cost effectiveness of the program. So just to also summarize, the number to call the Council on Aging is area code 850 <laughs> One four seven five. Karen, if you'll give your direct line, if they want to just call directly, absolutely. It's two six six two five one four. And of course, that's eight five zero as well. And we always include the area code because we know we have families and friends that live out of state. And of course, for us right here in Northwest Florida, that's not hard to do, as Alabama's right here. And then your website is coawfla dot org. And there is a plethora of information regarding your meals, your congregate meals, the caregiver support groups, and just a number of things, whatever you've got going on in the community and in the past, your TV program and your magazine. Mm -hmm. If you want to, if you want to donate, if you want to volunteer, if you just want more information about the services we provide, or if you just want more information on 
what's happening in the world of, of senior citizens and advocacy, then you can go to that website. So here's another shameless plug. Donate, 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 donate. You said it. And make a difference in our community. That's right. I think that's so vital. All right. Well, Josh, Karen, thank you very, very much for joining us. We'll be back in a little bit with um, more guests. To, with, a, with a different show. Yep, to discuss um, some more important issue on the readmits. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. This show is brought to you by TLC Caregivers. TLC Caregivers, we do more than you think. Learn more at tlccaregivers.com.